All right, everyone, welcome to the first rendition of the Howlin' at the Mic podcast. It's really not the first rendition. This is just the same thing we've been doing for years now at this point, but rebranded, retooled, and we're back. New season, new expectations. It's it's just, it's good vibes all the way around. It really is. And I'm guessing because um, people won't be able to see our faces, we should probably introduce ourselves. Um, I'm Peyton Reese, and that is Chris Jansen. We've been, yeah, we've been doing this. So this is be our third season covering the Timberwolves. And, um, you know, we've been, we've been through a lot following this team. And this is really the first year going in that we have legit championship expectations for this team. And we're not, we're not going to take it easy, easy on them. We got big expectations. Yeah. And like you just said there, championship expectations. I think that, I think those words are kind of almost just not very natural to hear out of a Timberwolves pundit's mouth at this point. You know, I don't think, I mean, maybe one year, like 2003, 2004, some years of KG, you might hear that. But I mean, besides that, this is kind of the first time there's ever been pretty big expectations placed upon this team by not just local news media, but, you know, bigger ESPN outlets, TNT. I mean, there's, there is a lot of pressure with this trade now that we'll definitely dive into later. Oh, yeah. But um, before we get into the podcast, please go check out the live show we just recorded a couple days ago. It's out on YouTube. Um, some good debate topics, some really good stuff coming up. That's going to be a really integral part of the channel um, this season and hopefully beyond. So please go check that out. Howling at the mic YouTube. Yeah. So that'll be every Wednesday. Um, we're still working out the time, but we're thinking 8 PM central time for this next upcoming Wednesday. And um, yeah, we might keep it like that the whole year. We don't really know, but Going in, going into the the championship expectations, I think I think a lot of Tim Rose fans are are scared to say it. But when you make a trade as big as we made, I, I don't think there's any any way you can't have championship expectations. That's the only way to justify that big of a trade. Yeah, I mean, especially I know Tim Connolly won't come out and say it. He's been asked the question a couple times: Is it championship or bust? Um, like a couple of the players have been saying, he said no, but. You know, you look at, you make a trade that includes four first round picks and then pick swaps in or one pick swap in between and then four, you know, solid role players off this team. Um, I'm going to just, I'm going to not actually, I'm going to not include Balmero in this one. We don't know what he's going to be at, but you know, you trade that much for one player, you know, you expect your team to take that leap. I, I don't think you push your chips in that far just to, Oh, let's just hope for one Western Conference, you know, finals appearance. Let's let's try to get to the big thing here. Let's we I just I don't think Tim Connolly would have did this if he didn't think that, you know, him and ownership could win a championship here in the next four or five years when Rudy's still in his prime, Cat's in his prime, you know, Delo's in his prime, Ant and Jaden are just entering that. Well, not honestly, probably not even close to entering their primes yet. I mean, what would you say? 26, 27. So I yeah, mean, they still got like four years to go. And I think that's a, you know, a slept on part of the trade here is, you know, if this thing doesn't work out, what happens? I mean, Rudy's off contract, Delo's off contract, you trade cat for a few picks and then you restart with Ant and Jaden at age 26. I mean, for people saying that, you know, this is a, I'll push your chips in like this is everything right here you're gonna stink after I, I really don't believe that so I'd like to hear your take on that too yeah um well first of all 
I think that the, the th- when we say championship expectations, it's not this year. Like, it's not like this year we have to win championship. We just have to start going in that direction. And it's within the next four years, we need to start winning championships. And once you start winning championships, your team gets exponentially better because you start getting the vet minimum guys who want to play for a winning team. You have a better chance of re-signing your, your stars maybe to a lower amount of money so they can stick around. Um, so, yeah, I think that's one another key point to look at. Um, a cool part of the trade I thought was, so they really wanted Jaden McDaniels and we, the reason we had to give up so many picks is because we decided to keep Jaden McDaniels. And I think that's just shows how valuable he is. And if you watched him, did you watch him in the, um, the crossover league? I, uh, I saw bits and pieces of it. I mean, he, he played in a few programs this summer and man, I know he scored 52 in the crossover one, but even I think he played in the Minneapolis one and dropped 40 something like yeah he just looks so like it's so funny reading the comments they're all like oh that number uh i don't remember what number it was but like oh number five on the red team he should be in the league like he looks like <laughs> and everyone's like dude like that's like one of the top rookies in the class like just no one knows who he is and like all the all the balls life like videos are like oh paulo and chet go off but i think Jaden might have beat them i don't know if he beat him but they he played him close and it was just him on his team and it was paulo and chet versus him so that was awesome to see. He just looked so much more dynamic offensively. And, and really like the way, the place that I, I'm most impressed with him usually is the defensive end. He's an elite defender. So just to see him taking steps offensively is just so exciting that we will have him locked up for a long time. Yeah. I mean, super exciting that, you know, we didn't have to trade him away. I think that was kind of the big, I think a lot of Timberwolves fans kind of speculated or knew a little bit that the the team was going to make a move this summer or the next summer. Um, and we all kind of speculated this summer because you don't usually land big name free agents here. So we pulled a trigger on a trade. I think everyone was a little anxious to see what would happen with Jaden. Luckily he stayed. And I think a lot of people are, ha- I think a lot of people are actually very content. I know I am with giving up two more picks just to keep him. So, I mean, what was, what was your original reaction to the trade? Like, what did you think? I guess, again, I was kind of just chilling downstairs. I get the text from a friend to go look at Twitter. And Wait, then, did we already talk about that? No, we, this no was, it was the same exact thing. So it happened <laughs> with Tim Connolly and it happened with... with um, <laughs> Who's, who is this friend that's texting you? It, it was Andrew. It was Andrew that did both of them. Because oh. um, I had just gotten off of work for both of them. They were both pretty late. But yeah, I, I guess my first reaction was like, ooh, <laughs> this is a lot. <laughs> I, was and, I mean, that's that's a normal reaction, I think, for a lot of people that like saw the tweet of that many things inside the tweet. But then you, you know, you look into it after a minute or two and you're like, OK, like, yeah, it is a lot. But I mean, we got Rudy, Go- like you get Rudy Gobert, you get a really good player. So, yeah, I think the initial reactions for most people were kind of like mine. Like I was I wasn't I'm not going to say I was angry, but I was p- kind of pissed off because I'm I'm a big Malik Beasley guy obviously big pat guy and everyone is a big vando guy so those are like three fan favorites at least for me those are three of my favorite players on the team and then you also give up all those picks and you give up balmero and you look at like the yeah the tweet it makes it bad because it's one guy for eight things and then you also look at it like it's only like rudy gobert is not a flashy player so then you he really you really have to get talked into like fully understanding (laughs) how good of a player he is and how well of a fit this is with cat. And the more they talk about it, the more I realized we get to keep Jaden McDaniels, the more I was kind of eased into it. I was like, all right, 
this actually is a really good trade. And the way I talked about it on the live show is it, this trade, Chris, could be one of the best trades we've ever had, or this could potentially be one of the worst trades of all time. Of See, all but time. That, that's, that's the thing is like, I think, it, I think it could go down as a failure if they don't, you know, proceed to go to a Western Conference final. No, I mean, if they don't proceed to, you know, sniff the finals, I think it's a failure but I don't see it as a disaster because like I said, I think the plan, I think Tim Connolly thought about this really specifically and smart, how, you know, Ant and Jaden are going to be coming into those max contracts when they're 25, 26. And if it doesn't work, you know, you trade cat for, I'm not saying you'll get the same return for Rudy, but you'll get something, you'll get at least three first round picks and probably some pretty decent players to surround those guys with. So, I mean, it, that's the thing. I think, I think it can be a failure, but I don't think it, it has the potential to be a disaster. I think it's just, it's, it's a big, it's, it's a big swing. In a, it's a big, it's a big a turning really point. big game. Yeah. It's, it's a big turning point right now. We just don't know what direction the turn is going to go. Cause the reason why I'm saying it could be a, a really bad trade is if like Balmero turns into six man of the year, some of those draft picks turn out to be like really good players. Then looking back on it in 20 years, you start saying, Oh, like we gave up all, we technically gave up all these guys. So that's just the way I could see it going, going bad, but. Yeah. I, I mean, and if you're a Wolves fan, I'm, you know, I, I hate to say it, but if that happens, I mean, you just have to live with it. That's what we're used to. Like we're, that's what we're expecting. So anything better than that is, is, is going to make us happy. I think. And like, yeah, if, if they somehow get a guy in 2028, 20, like <laughs> eight years down the line, and he turns out to be really good. And I'm like, first of all, I don't think the Wolves would have gotten him because we would have made that outside the number one pick. We don't do well in the draft. And, you know, second of all, that's just something you live with. You know, you made the trade. We're going to have like some of the best four years of Timberwolves basketball ever we're going to witness. So let's just all gear up and just focus on the now, man. I feel like more people need to do that. Mm, wow. I'm actually just reading a book called the power of the now right now. So Look it's a, uh, it's very, it's a good, good book. I'd recommend it. It's, it's pretty intellectual, but, um, yeah, so exactly. I'd rather be, I'd rather go down a shooter than just be content being a, a play-in team for the a next first round years. exit. Yeah. Right. Like let's just let's just put all of our chips in. Like no one wants to be a first round exit. Everyone wants to be a championship contender and you got to gamble. And I think we got Tim Connolly and he might be a quiet guy, but he's a gambler, man. He's a he's a shooter. I love I love I love him already, honestly. Yeah, no, he's great. But was, what I was going to say, too, is I think we all were just happy to make the playoffs. But don't get me wrong. When you kind of got that first taste of what playoff basketball was like for Minnesota, it was electric. even though we were. Yeah, we were not supposed to win that series. But I mean, I, I'm, I know Peyton and I were extremely disappointed in how the series went. I mean, we thought we, we honestly should have won the series. Yeah, we were the better team that whole series. And, and honestly, it just fueled the ri rivalry with Memphis. And it just it made me dislike every single person on that team. Like John Morant, I cannot stand him anymore after playing <laughs> them in the playoffs. I I can't. Who's uh? God damn it. What triple J's triple J's? I can't stand him. Um, Dylan Brooks. Oh, my. God. <laughs> I just can't stand anyone on that team except for Bane. Everyone respects Bane. He's just too good. Yeah, he's he's a shooter, man. Bane and Tyus. He's, he's a dog. I, I'm a big Desmond Bane fan, but no, that's besides the fact. Looking at something too is, 
did you see NBA kind of made a there's a rivalry week now inserted into the schedule? So mm-hmm. I was like, when I saw that was inserted, I'm like, oh, awesome. Like we're gonna get the Grizzlies. Like that's gonna be a heck of a game. Like, cause I think like Boston plays the Lakers and then like the Sixers play the Celtics too within that week. Like all the huge story yeah. rivalries and like the Warriors, I think, play the no, no, and that that's that was what the one game was. I thought we were gonna get the Grizzlies, but it was the Grizzlies Warriors, and I think that's kind of been made out to be a bigger rivalry within media. I'd say, like, yeah, of I course, because it's I the Warriors. Draymond, never... Yeah, I think Draymond's been able to kind of hype that up through through his podcast and stuff. And there's a lot of good sound bites and moments from that series. I'm not saying that wasn't a good series because that was electric series too. Um, but I who doesn't want to see the grizzlies and the wolves square off again both kind of reloaded team or the timberwolves reloaded have more ammo to try to go beat them now it's gonna be that's gonna be a fun game it's just such like a it's just such a a series that i don't know why the media is not jumping on it like you got the two young superstars that if i'm the nba i'm making these two guys the face of the league anthony edwards and john moran like i'm pushing to make these guys the guys just great personalities great for media just that's who you want great athletes like just exciting players that's what you want to push so I don't know why they wouldn't and it was chippy it was a chippy series you had you had the drama you had the um the protesters like it was just a great series I don't know why the media is not jumping on that but I mean that was the best first round series I think I think everyone agrees with that was yes. that was one of the best series of the playoffs for well, it sure. Was a, it was a wake up call. No one knew who Anthony Edwards was really. Everyone knew him as kind of a funny guy. He makes funny comments here and there. He can dunk, but that series kind of woke him up, woke everyone up to who the heck Anthony Edwards is. Do you remember when the ESPN broadcast went out and they had to like swing it back to Stephen A. and like Richard Jefferson in the studio? Do you remember that? I don't know which mm-hmm. game it was, but Stephen A came back so he was just, uh, terrible commentating that first of all but he comes back the next morning on first take he's like i discovered this brother anthony edwards i don't know why he's not being talked about i'm like this is exactly what is wrong with because you're the one who's supposed <laughs> to be talking about it. i'm like dude how are you just discovering him right now like that's embarrassing man like yeah. oh my goodness oh i got a good topic for the um for the live show actually i'm not going to tell you right now don't but... spoil it don't spoil the crowd they got to go look yeah, I, don't know. Um, I was just going to bring it up, but we'll save that. Yeah, we'll save that, that was, for the live show. That was another thing we kind of talked about in the live show, which we could we could talk about a little bit. I want to get into Tim Connolly in a bit here because this is kind of our off-season recap podcast, if, if you guys haven't caught wind of that yet. But um, Christmas Day schedule, I really thought we were going to get a Christmas Day game, yes. and things like that don't really matter to me too much because I'm, I'm just used to the Wolves having one or two primetime games fill-in games not even scheduled um but I mean I don't know man like how do you not put this team that just made the largest trade one of the largest trades in NBA history on Christmas day it doesn't make any sense what are we doing here (laughs) you think maybe that they had the um the Christmas day schedule kind of formatted formulated before the trade happened I feel like that's something they they start planning it out like a year in advance but something like that happens I mean, I'm sure that I, I don't even I haven't even checked the specifics of it, but I'm 100 percent sure the Hawks are going to be playing on Christmas Day. And what did they do? They traded three first round picks for Murray like they were not that good last year. They get Murray. I'm why would you not put them on Christmas Day? I'm excited to watch the Hawks. I think I think Christmas Day basketball is just it's part of just having really good teams square off and getting to showcase really good players around the league. Like and I think 
I don't know why the Wolves wouldn't be in that. And I think maybe part of that has them being ranked, you know, 12th by ESPN, which is an entire another debate I think we can put into the live show. Um, we can, yes. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. The, the schedule, I, while it was good getting, you know, 16 games or whatever, like I think they should have been on, you know, in the spotlight a little bit more like that rivalry week and then Christmas Day. I thought they should have been playing. Yeah, let me uh, first before I jump into it. Let's so we got 76ers versus Knicks at 11 a.m. and then great Lakers game. Mavericks, oh, no, actually, not a great game. Lakers, Lakers Mavs, Mavs. Eh. Yeah. Bucks Celtics. It's a good okay. one. I like that one. Grizzlies Warriors, the great prime game. time, and then Suns Nuggets. So I just don't know where you'd fit us I mean, in. What, so the the Knicks playing on Christmas is like a tradition, which I don't know why it is because they've been so bad for so long now. But what was the the Lakers and the what? Mavericks. Okay, that's just a terrible game. Like I I have no inkling to watch that game. Like it's that, that's where you could have did like Lakers Wolves or you could have did Mavericks Wolves. Like I think the Lakers. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I so if ESPN is ranking us twelfth, which you said they did, so there's only twelve teams playing on Christmas Day. If my math is correct, no, it's not correct. Might be a little bit more, isn't it? Ten games. Ten, ten te- yeah. Only ten teams are playing. So, And they have to fit in the Knicks. So it's really like top nine. So, yeah, I mean, maybe just add more games. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't want more Christmas basketball? I think that's that's something I look forward to on Christmas is watching football and basketball like all day. So, I mean. But I, I guarantee you the players on the oh, Timberwolves yeah. are saying, I'm so happy Heck we're yeah. not playing on Christmas Day. like that. So no, maybe – sure. Maybe our morale is better. Maybe this is a positive. Maybe that's how you, we got to flip everything to a positive. Maybe this is good for, for the Wolves. Maybe Ant can uh, hang out with Ant Jr. and just chill out. Yeah, have a, have a good Christmas. Um, yeah, I, I do really want to get into ESPN's list because I don't think we'll have enough time to cover it in five minutes. So let's, let's dive into it. I'll pull up the list here if you want to keep. Yeah, let me, you... share. let me let you share here. Yeah. So, of course, you guys won't be able to see this, but usually Chris is never allowed to share, so I'm letting him. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I'm never allowed to share the screen on. Uh... No, you just don't. You don't want to see what he has pulled up on his tabs. It's just, it's never a good look for him. So I just like to keep him, um, keep him away from that. Yeah, let me look. Yeah, so that. while you're looking that up, I think for this first episode, Chris, we're just gonna put this on um, this, the normal streaming platforms, we can, we can figure out maybe YouTube later, but I think for now we'll just, we're just going to do Spotify, Apple music, all these other places you're listening. And then we can just tweak it as the year goes on. So. Yeah. The ESPN one is a paid article. So I think we'll just go with sports <laughs> illustrated. I think that's a good one to go off of it. They do a lot of the same. Yeah, same not worth stuff the money. Here. It's a shitty list anyway, I'm guessing. All right. So who do we think's number one? I think this is pretty easy. We got well, the Warriors. Hey, stream it up. Hey, share your screen. Oh, we're on camera today. No, but so I can see it. Oh yeah, I'm a dummy. <laughs> we're still get. We're still get. No matter how long we do this, we still get some technical difficulties. So oh, I mean, we got the we got the Warriors at number one, which I think is extremely fair. I th- I do think they lost a lot of important players in free agency. Like mm-hmm. I think Otto and Gary Payton were actually pretty big losses, but I mean. DiVincenzo is pretty good. Jamichael Green's good. And I think Patrick Baldwin hopefully can improve. I'm surprised they didn't get any more uh, vet minimums. Like those guys they usually get to. Yeah. And then you you got the Celtics too. I mean, makes sense. The two finals teams. Um, The Suns three, I think is interesting. I think there's going to be an extreme drop off here. for the. Well, when when their key additions are. Wait, Josh Akogi signed with the Suns? He did. 
He did. Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, that's a huge, huge, huge get for them. I mean, the Suns kind of just sputtered, but like, I, oh, I think dude. they're kind of in a weird spot. Yeah, I mean, they always are just in an awkward spot. I would not want to be a Suns fan. Clippers at four. Clippers are I scary, am- bro. If you guys so, know, if you guys know yeah. anything about me, Kawhi Leonard is my favorite player in NBA history. I think I love Kawhi Leonard on the Raptors is the peak of what how basketball is supposed to be played. Sometimes I just sit in my room and watch um, Kawhi highlights. Like I, the the Clippers, I think are my favorite to win the championship. Yeah, the Clippers are deep, man. They just got a lot of good perimeter defense. They got a lot of, I mean, PG is just so like PG is one of the most disrespected players in the league. I don't, I don't know how he, consistently he is so disrespectful when he plays the Timberwolves and not in like he talks trash. He just plays so well against us. It is, it's a disrespectful, honestly. So, so no issue really with the top five. I mean, the Bucks two at five. I think the Bucks could even be higher. I, I'd take the Bucks over the Suns, honestly. Um, but yeah, no, no, no issues. Number six at the Sixers. What do you think of that? Well, you got it. So they still got Harden, Embiid. Harden, have you seen him lately? He he looks like he's trimmed. He's slimmed way down. He looks like he's in the best shape of his life. I mean, I can, I, I don't love it, but I don't know who you'd put ahead of them. Yeah. So I guess after that, seven is the Grizzlies. Um, too high, too low. What do you think there? Too high. I think we. I mean, the way you saw us play them in the playoffs, I think we're a better. Now that we have the key, those key additions, I think we're better than we should be better than the Grizzlies, right? If we're worse than the Grizzlies, then I think the trade isn't wasn't worth it because you add another All Star player, we should be better than the Grizzlies. So I think we should be right there in the seventh right spot. There. Yeah. All right. So number eight's the Heat. Um, we actually swept the Heat this season. We always sweep the Heat. I don't know why we just have the Heat's number in the past like three years. Makes no sense. I actually like the Heat as a team, but I think they need a, a couple more scores. I think. What about uh, what happens to Anthony Edwards if he gets two seasons in Miami? Yeah, that's a <laughs> that's a topic. I just added that to the list because that 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 that. that uh, I don't know. I think Ant would have issues in Miami if I'm being completely honest. But number nine, Nuggets. I think we're about the same talent levels. I think the Nuggets are a very good comp for the Wolves skill-wise. Yes. Yeah, and, well, I mean, the same offensive system kind of with. Oh, this is a – now this is a big issue. Number 10 at the, with the Pelicans. I, I, I did like what they did last year. I liked how they played in the playoffs. But if you're telling me the Pelicans are better than the Timberwolves this year, when they, I, I don't know. They get I Zion lo- back. They get Zion I love back. the Pelicans. The Pelicans are one of my favorite teams. I expect, I'm a big Zion guy. I, I, I feel like – I don't know. I feel like Zion, the hate that he got, and everyone was just saying, yeah, he wants out, he wants out, and then he re-signed. Yeah, I don't know. So, I, I mean, I – So, where are the Wolves on this list? You keep going down. Yeah, we'll keep going. So, number 10 – all right. So, here we go. Number 11 on Sports Illustrated. I I think it's a fair – let's see who's above – I agree with we're better than the Mavericks. Mavericks at 12. So, 11 on this list. Um, so, we're around that 11, 12, 13 range. And most of yeah, these I lists. Mean, personally, I think this team is going to be a really good regular season team. So I, I have a feeling we're going to be top five record wise. Whether I mean, that translates to the playoffs or not, that's to be seen. Yeah, we just gotta we gotta we gotta prove it. I think I think I mean we've been a bad team for so long. I think it's it's hard to take a team like the Timberwolves and put them in the top ten preseason rankings. And again, I'd rather not be ranked high and over like and be underrated than be overrated and, and be a failure to start out. Oh man. There's just so much to be excited about. There's so much, there's so much to talk about, Chris. We, you know what, we need to take time 
I haven't done the research yet, but we need to take time to talk about the key additions. We need to talk about Kyle Anderson, Bryn Forbes. I want to get like some player profiles going just to introduce, because I know nothing about them. I think it'd be cool to do some deep research on these guys and just see what they're going to bring. I think that could be cool for the next podcast here to do a segment on um, free agency acquisition, deep dives (laughs) and draft deep dives here, just to, just to kind of get some statistics and expectations put upon the new players to see where they can you know fit in the offense and the defense that'll be that'll be good austin rivers on a vet min are you kidding me Solid. i mean yeah that's a great that's a great pickup um, um the guy from the jazz too on on a i don't know if it was a camp contract or a minimum um eric paschal he was he was Paschal. pretty good for the warriors yeah and then we got um well so garza he's gonna be like a um he'll be a camp guy he'll be a camp guy i actually met Brent forbes I, i'm excited for Brent forbes i actually saw garza in minneapolis this summer i don't know if it was um i don't know if it was uh, we i could have broke the news that maybe he was going to sign with the wolves but i saw him at a uh, cassettas eating wow. with a, a girl and i was with um a bunch of my intern friends and a lot of people got a picture with him but i didn't want to i didn't want to fanboy Peyton, out Peyton could have broke the scoop on that I could have. I don't know why I didn't think about it, but um, let me see if I can pull it up for you, Chris. This photo because it's actually it's it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I thought they did a really good job of signing just some just some guys to come compete. It's it's kind of like what a lot of NFL teams do when they don't have the best offensive line. They bring in like twenty of these guys, just have them compete and take the best five and put them on the line. I think that's what the Wolves are doing for their bench years. Not that I don't. Not that I think they have a bad bench, but I think they're bringing in so much competition here in camp and you know, the best 12 or 13 are going to prevail here. That's pretty funny. (laughs) There he is. Um, But yeah. And also what I was saying earlier, it's kind of like, I don't think the olden wolves would have been able to like the olden. I don't even know if that's, they wouldn't have been able to get Austin rivers. Yes. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying now that we are starting to get a good team, we're going to, it's easier to get these guys on vet minimums because they want to go, go win a championship. If you're just telling me you're going to come to Minnesota, do the cold winter just to make it to the first round of the playoffs. I don't think many people are going to want to sign that deal. So I think it, it works out for the best. No. And that's, that's kind of a good segue into the other, I think there's two huge parts of this off season i mean three if you want to count the cat extension but kind of brings us into tim Connolly, and you know we talked about him a little bit on the live show like he's still hooping it up at the state fair doing some media but again mm, i don't know if he's there today but i was gonna say so he's been there multiple days is that something we should dive into is he turned into like a part where you should be worried about how many times he's going to the state fair. Like, is this like, cause I don't know about you, but I can only go once every oh, couple man. years. Dude, the food, the food, it's like, it's kind of like an out of body experience for one day. And then you're good for the, like, I don't want to eat any more anything for like a week. That's how like, much food you eat there. I don't think it's even worse. Like, I don't know. There's so many people like the parking expensive. I'm just not a big fair guy. I'm not Was a big the, uh... America guy either. So the Pitbull concert was last night too. I think that was, was kind of the talk of the town. Yeah. Or maybe oh. it's, I don't know. Is it still going on today? I don't even think it is. What the fair? Or is it like a two week? Yeah. It's, it's a two week so, thing. Yeah, it's a two, two week. week. Yeah. But I have never been a fair guy. I mean, once me, once we get a booth there, I think right next to K fan, I think we could, maybe I can, I could turn on it, but yeah, for now, not, not a big fair guy. If you were to, if you were to say what kind of guy I am, I'm not a fair guy, but it seems like Connolly is a fair guy but that's just that's just Connolly. i think he's just a people guy 
Oh, he's a people guy now. So, but is he is he also a basketball guy? He is a basketball guy. He's, he's a basketball. A, he's, guy. he's a have a beer with you guy. He's just he's just <laughs> all those things. He's so all those just, things, so, and he'll tell you that. So you're telling me Tim Connolly is just a guy. You're telling me Tim Connolly would probably come on this podcast right now if we sent him an invite. That's what he was. I mean, that's I I think that does say you know maybe a little bit about the culture of what he's trying to bring is like this guy went on a media tour of doing just the most random podcasts and no like he, dis- we sh- yeah he no disrespect to any of the no disrespect to any of the podcasts but he went on like even some of the smaller ones and that's it, I mean that's cool to see you, you know you you have people that take time out of their day just to go do that and form those connections so I mean yeah hopefully in the future here we could work something out that'd be kind of cool but yeah that would be really cool um yeah i mean new pobo i think that see the thing is is like i don't know too much about sachin so i can't speak on that but with gerson i thought gerson did some really good things actually so like Ever, it's yeah. a, it's a weird transition because i feel like the president of basketball operations you know state of the union has actually been pretty good i mean i mean you get anthony edwards out of gerson i mean Swung a, swung a couple really good trades to get Jade Mc, Jade McDaniel's get Malik in here get Pat, Pat Bev was was that Gerson or was that Sach I think that was Gerson before he left wasn't it yeah it was so I mean I was a big fan of what Gerson actually did I think the one thing you could knock him for was we were way too small of a team um and that really showed up in the Memphis series that's that's the one thing you would knock him for as being a <laughs> president that that's the only as, thing as it, w- relating to basketball that, <laughs> well, that was, he's a Culver guy he, he drafted Culver as well didn't he yeah but I don't I don't knock him as much for that because he was trying to get Garland but Garland went a, a pick or two before so I, he had the right idea I think just poor poor execution by Gerson on that one but yeah we were a small ass team now you could you could say we're a fucking big ass team we get we're one of the biggest teams in the in the league now yeah, I think he's adding go bear Monroe's coming back too. Is he on a camp contract or something? Is I he? I thought I saw something me, like that. I don't know. I think know. you can buy his jersey. I, let me let me check him out. But yeah, the point point remains. I think we're a huge team now. Um, and I think a lot of people aren't talking about this. I think the the move was so out of like left field for Connolly. Like Connolly has never ever done anything like this. He's a he's a homegrown like like grow your talent within type guy he's a he's a draft first guy and he just goes out and swings a massive trade so i mean do you think there's pressure from ownership there or do you think that's just like oh I, like this opportunity needs to happen now like this is the state the team's in we need to take the swing now expand our window the most like i it is a i know the nuggets were in the running for lebron once like that was the biggest thing they were ever trying to do i think it was almost like if I feel like maybe if I'm trying to put myself in his shoes, maybe he he's kind of stepping out of his comfort zone here. He's like, I mean, we're offering him all the money. Like he, we offered him enough money to the point where he was going to leave a contender in the nuggets to come here. And I think it was kind of like, well, if I'm going to go there, I'm going to go there. Like I'm going to make it, I'm going to do stuff that I've, I've wanted to do, but I've never really had like the opportunity. But now when you have guys that buy in on you are confident in you, you're more willing to, it's kind of like in life, you know, when someone believes in you, like you're willing to do stuff you wouldn't normally do. Like you're willing to, to take the risk. You're willing to believe in yourself. So I think, I, honestly, that's kind of what I think happened. Like 
Yeah. And I think, I think ownership does play a big role in that and not, not in the way that they're telling him what to do, but in the way that they're giving him all the tools and all the chips to succeed. And you have motivated owners that want to succeed as well. And I think that was the biggest difference from Denver. I mean, the, the Cronkies are just, I don't know if you know too much about them, but they own the Rams. I think they own, I don't know what, I can't speak on which premier league team it is. They own Chelsea or something like that. They own the Colorado Avalanche. They own all these teams. So it's safe to say they're not going to every single um, Nuggets game, sitting courtside, crying when we win. They're not pulling the Mark Lord. No, like they don't have as many chips in the game as so rich. They're just so rich. They, I'm sure the Nuggets are pretty low on the totem pole of teams when they're operating a Super Bowl champion and then a Premier League giant. Those are the two teams that are, you know, it's 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 upsetting because if you're like a Denver Nuggets fan, kind of like it was kind of the boat we were in. I mean, Glenn didn't. I don't think Glenn really, you know, no, not that I don't think he cared, but it was like you don't have they they don't have motivated owners to go and make that happen to go give you the resources to make that happen i like the cuban like attitude of hey like it's not just a business like let's go win i think that's yeah. that tells the fans a lot and i think that tells tim a lot to go make well, a winning move like winning that. is business that's what that's what you got to realize once you start winning or but i don't know i mean i guess if we want to talk a little bit about the timberwolves owners how they handled their first season i think the way they handled their first season the way they went about it was flawless sharks man they kind of they they i don't know how they did it but they i mean glenn Glenn is still the majority owner of this team by the way and they somehow got the approval i mean let's not kid ourselves everything that was done but was by mark laurie and alex rodriguez i don't think glenn had a say in any of this this year and i'm sure they ran it by glenn but props to them for just getting things done this year. I and think it's that not was even, the biggest thing. It's not even on the basketball side. I'm just saying the way they re-energized the fan base, the way they – I don't know if this was 100% them, but giving out free tickets, giving out cheap tickets, like buying out sections and giving them out. Like when you have people come into the games and people excited, that is how you rebuild everything. And just – I don't know. Every time I went to the Target Center last year, it was electric. And I think that it's going to be so much more electric this year. And I'm just so excited for that. It's a basketball city, man. They don't, they don't want to, they don't want to, they don't want to see it. The, the big, the big media doesn't want to see the Timberwolves come out and play, come out and play with the big boys. No, not at all. Cause it's not flashy, but it is flashy. That's the thing. We got freaking Anthony Edwards. Yeah. I mean, this was a, this was good, man. It was good to get back and kind of just spit the, uh, spit shoot, the shit. as they'd say, shoot the shit. Yeah. Yeah. I we mean, got a We got a lot. I mean, even even talking for what how many so we've done two two total shows so far this year and there's just so much more to talk about that's what i love i love having an excess amount of stuff to talk about that we can go into now with the live show this is this is a really good time i think with i think now that we're back in school we're a little little more motivated a little more uh a little more actually doing things we'll we'll be able to pump out the content it's good i mean you Uh got a class you got you got your first class an hour yeah, in an hour, but I, I'm here. I'm here. You're here pumping out the content for the fans. Yes, sir. So if you guys, um, yeah, so we're now the Howling at the Mike podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at Howling underscore at underscore the underscore Mike. No underscore. <laughs> follow us there on Instagram. We'll try to get some content out on Instagram. I mean, usually that's a little harder for us to do. Um, and then the live show is on our YouTube channel, Howling at the Mike. Um, 
or look up Tim Rose talk because it might take a little while for it to start showing up. So that's going to be Wednesday at eight. We'd love to have you guys there. We do interact with the comments at the end of the show. We'll read our read through the comments, talk to you guys. So it's a really cool way to be interactive with us and just kind of pick our brains a little bit. Yeah. I mean, you said it perfectly, man. Rebranded, retooled. Let's go. Let's go. Thank you. Season, man. I'm ready for the season as well. Thank you guys for watching.